Welcome What's up? To the oh. official Butthole Podcast. We are bringing you another episode from your boys Gage's Rage and the Great Brandino. We're not dead. We haven't disappeared. Just got a lot of life going on, right, bud? We we uh, talked too many Hillary Clinton conspiracies, and all of a sudden we went dark for six weeks, and people are starting to wonder where we're at. You know, we're, we're getting letters in the mail saying, are you guys okay? What's going on? What can we do to help? Um, <laughs> yeah, so. it's just a healthy dose of uh, real life is all we got cooking right now. So, But we figured, um, since it's fewer and far between lately of getting together as a group, uh, since Gage and I talk almost every single day on the phone, we're like, well, why don't we just hit record? And... Uh, Get our thoughts out there on the interwaves. And that is what we're going to be bringing here today. A nice uh, little podcast. Who knows how long it'll be? Just a little snippet into another conversation with uh, the great brand Daniel and Gage's Rage. Yeah. How you been, so, bud? I've been good. I've been good. Fantasy football starting to gear up here. I am, I'm like, I'm full staff at it. You know, I was, you're about six. In, uh, in June time, and then all of a sudden July comes, and you know you're getting about right between six and midnight on the horizontal scale, not not nine. I know how clocks work, uh, but then at the end of July, I'm full staff. I I'm hard for football right oh, now. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and and we just are coming off the first week of rookie or not rookie camp, full fledged mini camps across yep. the league. Our favorite team has had a couple practices now. They snapped the pads up for the first time today. Uh, On top of it all, we have some pretty fucking big news. I mean, both of our fantasy teams had players that had uh, situations around them. Mine being a little more of a a bummer with Deshaun Watson. (laughs) Yours Yours is more disciplinary. Wouldn't call it a bummer. A guy getting punished for uh, being a freak. <laughs> being a freak. That's it. Uh, I mean, that, now we're kink shaming in the NFL. I get it. A straight up kink shame in the in the butthole. The like, dude wouldn't have faced any suspension whatsoever. He just but, wouldn't have been invited back to our house anymore. Yeah, yeah. You're not leaving him alone in the corner with your wife. Fair, especially with the hot oil all around. You're just not going to do it. But. I think there Neither should there. be a general occupational hazard with a private masseuse. But that's a conversation for another time. Deshaun Watson ruling comes out, six-week suspension. On the other hand, your boy Debo Samuel, who you acquired in a trade with me a couple yep. of years back, locks up a big contract. What are the details of that? Three years, $60 million guaranteed? Uh, yeah, it was like 58 and a half. Roughly guaranteed, so just under sixty and a little over seventy-three. Um, Full as a deal. contract total. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So that came just a couple days after. Uh, even I think it was came out yesterday, right? The contract. Uh, I think Debo. Yeah, it may have been over the weekend. Yeah. So maybe it was Saturday or Sunday. Either way, it came like a day or two after DK got essentially the same deal. Um, and honestly, to me. Uh, yeah, DK got three years, seventy-eight million, which I think was even more than what Debo got. Um, yeah, and honestly, 
I like Debo far more than I like DK Metcalf, especially fantasy wise and just as a player. Uh, DK showed a lot in his rookie year, and then the last two years with Russ, he just didn't look that good. Um, there just wasn't he wasn't getting the touchdowns. I think he was dropping some passes, and now you got Drew Locke or Geno Smith throwing you the ball for the next at least year, and then a rookie. Uh, fantasy wise. I, I'm not a big fan of DK. Now, DK to me seems like a guy that's always just laid back on being better than everyone in his entire career. He's been bigger, faster, stronger, a better athlete around where he could nice get by abs. with some oh, the greatest abs. He could get off with a little bit of, uh, you know, just being better and being a couple yards of separation extra. And then when you get faced with NFL competition, it seems like he has struggled to pop to his stardom that a lot of people thought. While Debo has got a lot of just, like, gut to him. Uh, taking those extra carries, those extra touches, he seems like a guy that will do whatever the team needs him to do to do the best he can do. And that's what it seemed like up until the offseason here. And he's like, I don't want to be a hybrid <laughs> wide receiver, so – I don't know if that's going to change. I feel like his his contract speaks to the value of being able to get carries and receptions and being a stud but versatile uh, in multiple different roles where, I mean, you could get DK the ball, but I don't think he's nearly as fluid as a runner as Debo is. You know, they're, they're two different players. Um, and personally, I think Debo – although it was really only one year of excellence and a year of, you know, kind of injuries and stuff riddled between that and his rookie year. Uh, I think Debo is probably worth the money more so than DK, but that could also be just a quarterback team bias. One interesting thing about both those deals is that they're both uh, like 25, 26, maybe DK's on the younger side at 24. Uh, but they're only three-year deals, so these guys could absolutely see another massive contract still in their careers. Well, and that's where what DK did was good. It was great for him. Um, yep. He got a massive contract, uh, so he's getting his money now. When he's, I think he's going to be like 27, 28 by the time this contract's up, and he's going to have an opportunity to go somewhere else, but his numbers most likely aren't going to look nearly as good uh, just because of who's throwing him the ball. For one, we don't know who it's going to be this year, and we certainly don't know who it's going to be next year. They have no longevity there. So for him, you know, if he waits out his rookie contract and his numbers look like trash, he might have gotten three years, $58 million to sign with a bad team somewhere else or even a good team. You know what I mean? So for him, it's smart. Yep, yep. And DK does turn 25 during the season. Uh, it'll be early next year when Debo turns 27. Okay. So still both being about 28, 30 by the end of this contract run could definitely be looking at some really big money still yet. Uh, wide receivers tend to oh, have them sure. longer careers, you know? Yeah. And depending on their style of play, I mean, Debo inevitably with running the ball is going to take a few more hits. Um, than DK, at least from bigger guys across the middle with potentially linemen and defensive ends. Um, 
So, I mean, he might get a little bit more banged up. His career might not be as long just based on the style of play he has. But, I mean, you look at, you know, Stephon Diggs is still doing it well at 28 years old right now, going into 29. Adam Thielen's 33. It wasn't until after 30 that Julio Jones started to drop off. So, I mean, depending on play, wide receivers can certainly play into their 30s. 100%. And we're also getting some news on another wide receiver out of L.A., Van Jefferson's knee injury uh, that he was looking at a couple specialists with. Sounds like it'll be a little bit more serious and could start the season possibly on the pup or at least uh, week one is in jeopardy now. Yeah, I was so, kind of following that Cooper a Cup, little bit. Yeah. The Cooper Cup stacks are going up. Uh, who did they get over the offseason? Uh, Allen Robinson. Oh, Bobby Trees. No, Bobby Trees left. No, yeah, yeah. Bobby Trees went to Tennessee. Robinson yep. came from the Bears. So maybe an Allen Robinson rebirth here in L.A. Uh, with the number two option in Van Jefferson, who's used to the system going down. Who else is left? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I know they obviously have somebody else on their roster. I don't know off the top of my head who it is. Um, so I I can't say for sure, but there's obviously a number three that's going to be worth targeting on that team, um, even as a flyer, especially if Van Jefferson's missing time. But if Jefferson is out, let's say it's even for the whole year, it just kind of paves the way for OBJ to come back in, in November time when he's fully healthy, right? 100%. Uh, looking at – my fantasy league and our dynasty league, a list of wide receivers, uh, Tutu Atwell is one that jumps out as oh. a rookie running back, Last converted year. wide receiver guy. Also, Ben Skoronek. Skoronek? Skoronek. I don't know how to fucking say that. That was the white guy who uh, <laughs> played pretty decent in the playoffs. 6'3", 225. Last year was his rookie season. He dropped that big pass and then caught a couple touchdowns after it or something. I think I Exactly. Yeah, I think he was a special teamer early in the season. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of the update around the NFL. We got camp. uh, Any big camp battles, like positional matchups you're looking at to focus up on for fantasy football? Well, I mean, there's definitely a lot of news since we last talked. Uh, you know, camp yeah, battles in specific fun. at running back right now. I've heard that Ramondre Stevens or Stevenson. I don't, I don't know. Uh, Stevenson. One of the, Stevenson. Um, sounds like he might be getting the bulk of the carries in New England over Damian Harris. So that's going to be an interesting one to kind of watch and see how that plays out. Oh, yeah. Uh, Uh, waves down there he's back fully cleared playing um did some practicing wednesday of last week i think he got out on the field and i think it was friday maybe he was clocked as the fastest fin on the field uh while they were playing just to recap jalen waddle you did kind of bust up i don't know you are on the road i'll give you that so just to recap that was raheem mostert in Miami, 
Yeah, so that backfield has got Chase, Miles Gaskin, Sony Michelle, and Raheem Mostert. Um, Mostert has experience with Mike McDaniel's, the new head coach. So, and he, I think if I broke up there, he was the fastest player on the Dolphins, I think, last Friday. So he was clocked going faster oh. than Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Who have Damn, proclaimed themselves as sick. the fastest duo of all time? <laughs> but another guy to look at there is Mike Gusecki, who McDaniel said is going to be doing a lot more blocking this season. Um, and he's Ooh. still on the franchise tag. They they did not get a long term deal done, so he will be playing on that if he chooses to play. Uh, so it just doesn't really, to me, it means Gusecki's going to have more of a down year than an up year franchise tag blocking more yeah i don't like it yep another backfield uh that really got murked up last season was baltimore ravens you got uh the gus bus and jk dobbins the young guy that's projected to be the starter both coming off knee injuries early reports were that uh, Dobbins' knee that turned into an ACL and meniscus was kind of behind in his recovery, so the start of the season was uh, up in the air. Now reports are that the Gus Bus will actually miss a significant portion of the season, or the fantasy season at least. And uh, you could be looking at uh, Mike Davis as your week one starter in ba- uh, Baltimore, or the young rookie, uh, undrafted fella, Tyler Batty. I mean, you never know what the hell is going to happen. Dobbins has got massive draft capital still. I don't know if he's really worth that risk in a yearly format. He's not. uh, You can take a shot on him later on. I think as camp progresses, and obviously – I think we both agree drafting as close as you can to the start of the season, the better. You're going to know more. More injuries are going to pop up. You're not going to run that. You draft J.K. Dobbins with your third-round pick last year, and he tears his ACL, and he's out for the whole season. And now you wasted your third-round pick on him. So you avoid more of that. So if you can push it off, you'll know more about what Dobbins is going to be and when that's – is it a four-week deal? Well, if it's four weeks – you know, projected, and then it might take him a couple weeks to get up to par because he missed a full year. Yep. You could still be looking at, like, that back of the sixth, seventh, eighth round kind of range for him Um, just because once you get there, there's not a lot of guys that are going to have the potential that Dobbins will have when he comes back. But you still need to get your your roster filled out before you shot on a might-be guy. And that's if he gets there, Brandon. Currently, according to Fantasy Pros, in redraft leagues, his ADP is number 48 overall, number 21 running back off the board. So he's going at the back end of the fourth, early fifth round. Uh, yeah, and that's going to – For me, it's hard to say that's where the pick has to be to get him, and I'll pass him every, every time there. That's – that's too much for me. The fourth round is a very good, a very good wide receiver, uh, or a depth piece at running back that will be there more reliably than Dobbins this season. I think. 
Yeah, I don't disagree with you. In the back of the fourth, I'm not taking him unless I have, you know, definitive word that he is going to be starting um, week one at the beginning of the season. Or you know that, you know, it's the first two weeks that he's going to be missing and he's in there week. Yeah, and you're kind of cutting in and out. I think we might have lost you there, Brandon. Oh, I got kicked out because somebody called me. Uh, oh. <laughs> so what but, I was going to say is, yeah, you know, ahead. with with that ADP and that draft capital, it's just insane. And with both Gus Edwards and uh, J.K. Dobbins possibly being out, when you can get Mike Davis at 260 overall, um, you know, damn near free. That's the last pick in the draft. And he could potentially start the first game of the season. Give me Mike Davis uh, as a flyer, late-round guy that might start four games for you. Get two games out of him, kick him out to somewhere else. Uh, if someone's running back desperate and really wants to buy in on a couple-week fill-in guy, there could be something there. <clears throat> Now, this is our first time trying something along these lines. I do have a pretty good connection, but Brandon, I think, has been lost. So I'll try and uh, tap dance a little bit here, let you guys know how life has been. Oh, no, fantasy football. That's what's more important. (laughs) Uh, As you know, the butthole has a dynasty league together. And uh, this Dynasty League is going into its ninth year of existence. Uh, Our Empire Pot is pretty large, just about over $4,000. We got Star Lamar in it this season, so he's getting his first taste of a real Dynasty League. And uh, I think an important topic would be the cost of running backs. Um, if you've listened to our show, we've talked about it quite a bit that running backs have had a more valuable than they should position in fantasy football. Uh, it feels like when you have a a top end running back, they're just (laughs) way, way better than other positions. You know, you could have, uh, you could have a guy that's – oh, here we go. We got Brandon back. All right, we got you back, Brandon. Yeah. You sound like uh, you're in the construction zone, but you're here. I, I'm at both. Uh, the road in front of my house is all tore up. And I don't know if I'm oh. driving down it anymore because of the traffic that's there. But hey, anywho, uh, it's so hot out here zone. that – yeah, after they fix my – Oh. <laughs> uh, my phone my phone gave me the it's overheating you're overheated oh. yeah that's never good uh i was just kind of tap dancing and was going to talk about the value of running backs in fantasy football oh uh the inflated value or what do you mean <laughs> if you want to call it that, that's a good word for it. I was saying, you know, if you have a stud running back, it feels like they carry a lot of extra weight versus a stud in any other position. 
And, um, uh, I was kind of given the history of our league and maybe could bring up a trade that happened recently that uh, would maybe support that claim. So the hard thing with running backs is, yes, their value is inflated over uh, pretty much any other position. I mean, you're not going – you could get similar value in a dynasty league, we'll say, for a top 12 running back, um, even on the back end of top 12, as you would for one of the top three wide receivers. You know, trading Cooper Cup right now, um, you're going to get hands down far and away more value for Jonathan Taylor than Cooper Cup. Like 100%. And Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, they're, I think Jefferson and Cup are very close in value and Chase is very close behind them, um, depending on the owner who's got them. But yep. I, I mean, we looked at what happened with Brees Hall and the value that Brees Hall pulled, um, which I think is almost more than what you're going to get for Jamar Chase. It's at least very close. And Brees Hall is maybe in dynasty. In my my opinion, he's probably closer to RB11, RB12. Yeah, I was just about to say, probably like a 10-ish running back. Um, obviously, if he does something in New York, it could turn into a little bit more of a valuable position. Uh, and he makes his way up those rankings. But you kind of have – being young and being athletic and showing a lot of promise is one thing. The backup is where you sneak into that top six, five range in dynasty rankings. Oh, so, definitely. Uh, Brees Hall, number one overall unanimously in rookie dynasty drafts this season, um, was traded in our league. Just what a week, a week ago, last Sunday. Yeah, but probably about uh, a week ago. Not very. I mean, before training camp kicked off and everything, um, Brees Hall was gone. Yeah, and I have the trade right here. It was uh, Brees Hall and two hundred sixty pound Leonard Fournette for Nick Chubb, Daryl Williams, and two first round picks in the 23 rookie draft, one of those potentially being a top four pick. Um, he, he did send a first not... with Brees Hall, though, didn't he? Oh, yes. He sent back a 24 first-round pick. So a year older first-rounder along with that. So that, that's, that's nuts one thing. <laughs> one thing to mention, uh, Daryl Williams – um, he had James Conner as well. So he got the handcuff to Conner in case something were to happen or the perceived backup um, over there in Arizona. So that was that has more value than just the player alone, uh, yes. knowing that he has the starter there. So, it, yeah, I mean, that went down. Um, James Conner got moved in the offseason. Yeah, the f- Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, J.K. Dobbins, and then a lower one like Naheem Hines. But there's a lot of big-name running backs that shifted teams this offseason. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, and fucking Scott, our co-host, has been a part of all, almost all of those. I mean, <laughs> Scott yeah. was involved in the James Conner trade the day after the Brees Hall owner receives Daryl Williams, trades the handcuff, of James Conner, Daryl Williams, and Jamison Williams, rookie wide receiver in Detroit, 
for mm-hmm. Terry McCorin and a and a Hall. I mean, a, a two twenty four or no, I'm sorry, a first and twenty four and a second and twenty four rookie draft. Uh, yeah, for James Conner. And I, I don't get me wrong, I like James Conner. Um, and this is shortly but, after Terry McCorin, McCorin signs his deal. His locking him in Washington for the next three to four years. Uh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> somewhere, somewhere around there. This is the cost of a running back. You know, a, a starting running back in the NFL who scores touchdowns. Just I mean, Naeem Hines went for a second-round pick. Um, Straight up, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember what Kamara went for, but I think it was two first, wasn't it? Kamara, I don't think was two first. It was Kamara and Pittman for Michael Thomas, pick three in this year's draft, a future first and a future second. Yeah, and that was so, before the draft had happened. So two firsts. And you get Pittman, and Pittman looks like he's going to be great this year. Um, but again, it's dynasty, so you got to think long term. Matt Ryan might be there for two or three years, so I mean, you might have a couple of good years with Pittman before he moves on. So I mean, it, again, you're paying up to get a running back, partially because to get a very good running back that produces, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard to find one. Kind of where I was going that the 2016 fantasy year felt like it had a lot more bell counts. You know, it felt like maybe half the league had a committed running back that got 75 to 80% of the workload. And then they just have that fill-in guy, maybe a fill-in guy or two. Um, like one guy was the fill-in guy on the goal line if the guy was the number one was tired. One guy's a fill-in guy on the third down if number one is tired. But otherwise, if that guy's ready to play, he's getting all the snaps. Now we don't really have see that anymore. It's a, it's a lot third of down. Split. Every third down gets split by the pass catcher. Every goal line opportunity goes to the big bruiser guy. Uh, there's only probably three, four, five, five-ish backfields that have a number one guy. And they're valuable decisions to have. <laughs> yeah, they are. And that's, that's partially why you have to pay out for them. Because, again, finding a good running back where a team might most likely a team only has two of them worth having on your team and not every team has that. Yeah. So that limits your pool where every team has at least two pass catchers, in my opinion, that you can roster. Now you may not want to roster the second guy in Jacksonville, but if you need to in a pinch, odds are he's going to get targets where that's not always the case for production with running backs on teams. I mean, you look at, let's say, Pittsburgh last year, when Najee Harris was on the field for 101% of every snap. So (laughs) you look at the backup guy, there's really nobody worth having there unless you're banking on Najee getting hurt. Um, Same thing when Christian McCaffrey is playing. Not really worth having his backup unless you bank on McCaffrey getting hurt. So – that eliminates their backups right there where the wide receivers on those teams, especially this year, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, George Pickens, all of them could produce. Pat Fryermuth at tight end. You know, you got the same thing going on in Carolina. And you can find two wide receivers on a team where if you're in a pinch, it's like they could get six targets this game and they could get five catches for 50 yards and, and help me out. But running backs, yep. you're in a bye week and there's, 
there's not a lot on the waiver wire that you're looking at like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> Especially in the Dynasty League. Oh, yeah. Where every decision is the uh, lifelong contract and you got to live with it for the rest of your life. Well, and you it's got tough. two IR spots and you have three taxi squad spots. That's our league. Every league's different. Um, and we have, what, 18 roster spots. So, I mean, each team in Pretty theory. Pretty tight roster. If you hold on to two injured players, could have 23 players on their team. Well, you times that by 12, that takes out a, a lot of players in that pool. Over 240 people. Well over. Yep. Yep, exactly. And that's where you get uh, uh, roster sizes that, as small as they are, are still competitive. And uh, even even still, uh, waiver wire that's kind of lackluster, unless there's some injuries that really make players boom and bust, you know? That's where... It's like you either do a little roster or you do a massive roster where you're holding on to these guys and you're just hoping that in two, three years, this undrafted rookie out of Carolina is the guy after McCaffrey goes and you can just hold on to him and not have <laughs> to drop him. Um, it, but that's more of a luck game and then hope you hit on your drafts or trade well. And it also has to be really uh, competitive. I think your whole league has to have a mindset to have a, a league like that um, be successful. Because, you know, at the end of the day, if there's only half the owners that are really active and uh, scouting talent and trying to find those diamonds in the rough, they're the ones who are going to get them while the other guys are still holding on to Adrian Peterson and Des Bryant in case they come out of retirement. And Do people do that? I, I I don't think it's common, but I think there's a couple situations, you know. Okay. The cowboy fans least... aren't the brightest bulbs in the boxes. Well, that is true, but this year is their year. <laughs> yeah, it, that is very true, though. If you don't have um, if you don't have a league that's dedicated at the same level, you know, and that doesn't mean everybody has to be equal, but everybody has to be invested. You know, there's obviously going to be some people who study it harder than others. But if, if you do have people who are still holding on to, uh, you know, Gronk wouldn't be the end of the world because there's a potential, but like an Adrian Peterson or a Frank Gore, or like you said, a Des Bryant or just some older washed up free agent um, that isn't really going to sign or do anything meaningful. And they're not looking at the uh, Snoop Connors of the world and trying to grab a guy like that for the future. Um, you're going to have two levels in your league. You're going to have six teams that always make it. And then six teams that are fighting for that last spot um, or last two spots in playoffs every year. And it's going to be the same. True that. True that, man. But so we I know where I would interesting be. camp battles to be, uh, to, to look out for. Um, it's just how, what we got two weeks from our first NFL kickoff of the season. Uh, regular season? No, no, no. Just the first kickoff. Or is it a week and a half out? Uh, was it Jacksonville and Oakland? Don't they play? Is that the Hall even, of Fame game? They might even play this Thursday. No, please tell me that's not the Hall of Fame game. Take a look. Look it up. See Devontae Adams. 
to see the shell of Josh Jacobs. Oh, it is this Thursday. Holy shit. <laughs> right around the corner. We got football in three days. Oh my gosh, I didn't even real I didn't even realize that. You are right, is Jacksonville versus the Las Vegas Raiders. And I'll tell you what, <laughs> as uh rough as that may seem, just because it's Hall of Fame game, you're not actually gonna see Derek Carr. Um you might see him for Adams. You, you might see him for a drive, right? But you're really not gonna see him. Um I'm gonna watch it and I'm probably gonna watch the whole thing. <laughs> So, it may it may sound pathetic, and we laugh at it now, but it's football. You know, football's it's, back, baby. We're three days away from games being kicked off, played again, and that means we're only about three weeks away from that, from the kickoff of the regular season, and then we got seventeen weeks until playoffs. It's this. It's the greatest time of year. I mean, Christmas is cool and all, but fucking first week in September. Rise and grind, that, baby. I like it even more. Football is around the corner. Fuck yeah! Well, I think I'm gonna wrap up here. Uh, yeah, but it was a it was I a good start to the car side chats um, or drive home podcast, whatever you want to call it. We'll have to come up with a clever I like name. The drive cast, yeah the uh... the the drive cast. And I I got better service as long as I keep my phone cooled. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. <laughs> Dude, that's another good thing to look forward to in fall. Cooler. Weather, I don't have to baby. worry about heat. Yep. Yep, it's a win-win all the way around. We are conditioned to like summer because we got three months off. Not because it's great. Fall is great. Summer is okay. But we were lied to our whole lives. I'm with marketing. Fall is marketing the from the lizard people. <laughs> and with that, uh, bye. Uh, bye.